Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Edmond. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. From the frigid wastes of Crown Cigar. It is so cold over here. I, oh. I've never... You know, I'm so glad I have a co- cup of coffee just to keep my fingers warm, because otherwise I think I might drop my cigar. This is the first time we've ever walked in the shop, and I said, you know what? Can we record in the humidor? Because at least it's well lit and it's warm. This is one of the days that I'm I'm debating whether or not I could smoke a cigar inside a Tom Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, that, that's a deep Star Wars cut for everyone out deep. there. Well, Empire uh, Strikes Back. The um, no, I was sitting up here with my boss earlier today having our meeting, and we were sitting at that table over there in the corner where all the windows meet. And he had to put his leather jacket back on because he was that cold. These windows do not hold any heat. And this is, I mean, it's below freezing out there today. Oh, yeah. It's just just chilly. But we will soldier on. So we're going to light our cigars, and then I have to take you to task on a couple of issues, a little house cleaning. You and your kind are trying to ruin my life, so... I'm going to have to step up into this. All right. Well, I'm glad you're giving me the (laughs) ability to light my cigar first. This has been a very tough week for me. I am just, I was telling you before the show, man, I am beat. I'm tired. I've got, you know, so I walked in the humidor today to try and figure out what cigar I was going to smoke. And it was one of those days, kind of like you last week, where you're like, no, uh, I want to smoke the Don Lino Africa. I don't care if I just smoked it. I wanted a I wanted a, a a familiar friend. I wanted something that was a known quantity. I didn't want to try something new. And Austin just got this size of this cigar back in stock, and I'm really excited. Um, this is the Cro Magnon Cranium from Romacraft. This is one of their original core lines. Right. Uh, the Cro Magnum the Cranium size came out a little bit after the first release. It wasn't part of their original release. It's a six by fifty four, uh, Connecticut broadleaf Maduro. Over uh, Nicaraguan binder and filler, I believe. Uh, this doesn't say. Uh, yeah, Nicaraguan. Um, it's just a great cigar. It's just one of those cigars where you sit down, you know exactly what you're getting. It's full-bodied, um, but really full-flavored as well. Well, it's going to be, you know... the no, you're the one yawning. I yeah. thought it was just going to be me tonight. So I smoked one of those the other day. Um, we were watching the Army-Navy game, and it was the second half, and I, I seen he had that size back in, and I went and got one and smoked it. The, the Roma Craft Mystique is kind of fading for me. Why is that? I don't know. It just it seems to me that there's so much other good stuff come up on the market. You know, when Roma Craft came out, they were ahead of the market. But they have kind of stayed still, and the rest of the cigar market as a whole has moved forward. Mm. It doesn't seem to me that Roma Craft is as innovative or as revolutionary as they once were. They seem, they seem to be growing stale. I disagree. I think if you're comparing that against this cigar, well, it's the same blend from 2000 and... When it came out. Sure. So... You don't expect it to do much new, but they are putting some new stuff out. They've had three new releases this year. The Whiskey Rebellion hit major release this year. The so- not the Saka, um, the um, they've had a go- and and I've really liked everything they've put out. But none of that has been in a divergence from what the Roma Craft is. They're not tilling new soil. But I don't, I don't want my Toyota to be a Ferrari. 
and I don't want my uh, you know Bic to be a Dupont. I don't want my Romacraft to be a Perdomo. I but. want them to do what they do, and I want them to do it well, and I want to be consistent so that I know I'm getting a Romacraft product. But when everyone else is moving forward, but see, I don't and you're think standing that they are. still, they're, you're falling behind. I don't think everyone else is moving forward. Oh, the Don Lito, the, you just okay, mentioned okay. it. The Don Lito Africa is a gigantic leap in cigar. Yeah, it is, but that's that's one example. I mean, yeah, they we have had some great cigars come out this year, um, and. You know, if you're comparing the Cro-Magnon Cranium against new releases this year, you know, you may have a little bit of a point. But I think if you compare their new stuff this year versus other people's new stuff, I mean, everything pales in comparison to the Don Lito Africa. But I don't, I don't Not, think you can say that they're standing still. Well, but, okay, you look at the Don Lito Africa, you look at the Coalition, which is crowned heads doing something unique. You look at the, you know, even the T-Connecticut from Caldwell, while it's not my favorite, I can appreciate that it's something unique. It does not taste like the other Caldwell product. Um, I, don't think all, the, I don't think all Romacraft tastes the same. You look at the oven. See, all the Romacraft really blends together for me. And all, there's good. There's two classes of Romacraft for me. There's good Romacraft and bad Romacraft. And, and there's nothing, no shades in between. I would like some more shading in Romacraft if they would like to keep my cigar dollar. Yeah. To each their own. There's a reason there's a bunch of brands in that humidor. So speaking of which, I'm trying something totally new tonight. And this is, I hope, going to be a surprise. So this is the Hoya de Nicaragua Antonio, Connecticut. I bought this cigar in anticipation of smoking it in my deer stand, but I just the weather conditions haven't been right. You know, the situation hadn't been right. It hadn't been time to smoke this cigar. So it was sitting in my humidor in the truck tonight. And I said, well, I want something different. So I picked it up. I didn't realize that to be in Antonio, Connecticut, um, Cigars International has this at a medium full. They have this at a much fuller rating than what the color of the wrapper would indicate. Interesting. I mean, there, I never really understood this, but I remember going back 10 years or so, there was kind of this understanding in the industry altogether that Hoyas were strong. And right. I've never found Hoyas to be. They do have some strong cigars, but I don't find that the Hoya brand is synonymous with strength, say, like LFD, for example. Right. So the wrapper on this is an Ecuadorian Connecticut, so it's not a Pennsylvania Connecticut, which is going to be a little different. And uh, it's Nicaraguan in origin, Nicaraguan binder and filler. So it's got a recipe to have a little more strength to it, despite the the subtle appearance. And it doesn't even really look like a Connecticut. I mean, it's definitely lighter than most of the cigars that you smoke. But it looks more like a natural wrapper or a, uh, it almost has a Corojo color to it. Yeah, it does. It kind of has that, that more honey color. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how this turns out, how this particular cigar lights up. But so before we, before we get into the actual cigar knowledge, last year, you complained about Baby It's Cold Outside. Yes, I did. And now they have released a politically correct version of that song that I have this been subjected to. This was three weeks to, ago. Why are you just now bringing this up? That I, that I have been subjected to. Can we, okay, if you and your ilk are going to try to ruin stuff for me, can you just destroy it as opposed to perverting it into something so much worse? 
At no point did I ever suggest that they remake it with non-problematic lyrics. I would be just as fine if they just stopped playing the old one and didn't put anything in its place to replace it. We don't. We've got plenty of Christmas songs. So, so we're you, full. So you admit at the meetings and all of of the people that ruin stuff in Shane's life that he enjoys at these meetings because I know y'all are going after Santa Baby next, and I don't know what I'm. I do be able hate to do. that song, but for different reasons. Just not because not because it's problematic in the way that Baby It's Cold Outside is, but just because it's an awful song. But the thing is, we've got enough Christmas songs as it is. We don't need more. Stop writing them. Because the worst thing that's going to happen, worse than what you're dealing with today, is that someone else is going to create a song like Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. And then, because you forget, that song is only like 20 years old. That's not always been a part of the Christmas lexicon. The worst thing that could happen is someone comes up with another song like that that we that gets played four to one more than every other Christmas song, and we're subjected to that for the next thirty years. That one and the yeah, the last Christmas I gave you my heart. Thing, I'm so sick of that song. They are ruining my ability to sit on my back porch, smoke cigars, and listen to Christmas music. It is really disturbing, and I blame I blame you. I, I, I will be honest; I do blame you somewhat for this because because of baby, it's cold outside. I'm not and sure Santa I'm deserving baby. of that, but I, I, I feel like you're at the meetings. I feel like you're at the meetings where these kind of things get again get done. I would have been perfectly happy just to never hear baby, it's cold outside again. I didn't have to hear the version where he's going to call you an Uber. Yes, this is oh I can't I can't understand why people do that. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Because, like I said, it is your fault. But let's talk about something else. Since, since we're griping, let's talk about Instagram. Is this going to be my fault, too? Uh, no, I'll let you slide on this one. All right. Well, so this is some news that came out this week from Instagram. And I think we all saw it coming. Or at least I did. I feel like you probably did, too, if you had thought about it. Um, Instagram has announced uh, that they're going to be banning tobacco-related paid posts. Now... The paid post is the important part of that article. They're not going to stop you from posting your pictures of you smoking a cigar and things like that. But just like how Facebook is limited because they own Instagram, just how they're limiting, limiting your ability to you know trade cigars online and things like that, basically this just means that people aren't going to be able to advertise or sponsor content related to cigars. This is a total surprise. This Hoya. Sorry, I've got to jump ship. Just on the first puff, this is an amazing smoke. This reminds me of an undercrown shade with just a little more strength. It looks like, now that you bring that up, it actually, color texture-wise, it looks like an undercrown shade. Yeah, this this tastes like the Hoya version of an undercrown shade. That's right. the best way I can describe this. But it is excellent. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm I'm getting a hint of some kind of tobacco in it, and it's not just the Ecuadorian and Nicaraguan. I'm going to dig deeper because I think there's Sumatra to be found here. Hmm. I, I feel I feel it on my tongue like I feel Sumatra tobacco. So, okay, so let's the Instagram banning. Yeah, no, nothing new under the sun here. Well, I do want to point out, um, I don't know if you saw this or not, in addition, the company said that branded content for some goods that specified alcohol and diet supplements would require special approval going forward. Finally, I can get behind this. Now, I, I still don't agree. You know, tobacco is legal. You know, 
let people advertise and let people. But the, I've talked on the show before about this crusade against tobacco. Why, you know, while you're letting arguably one of the worst drugs in the country be prolifically advertised and pushed to people of all ages, alcohol. You know, I have nothing against alcohol. You know, if you're able to enjoy it responsibly, you should be able to. I complete. I, I'm not all for banning, but finally, somebody is taking an approach that doesn't single out tobacco as being somehow the boogeyman when there's all this other stuff that also should be. If you're going to get in the censorship game, which I don't believe that anyone should, but if you're going to get in the censorship game, at least be consistent. And I feel like they are. Well, and what it is is there's always going to be a fine line that these companies run between the amount of censorship they do and the amount they fragment the market. Well, yeah, because if you censor too much, then people are just going to go on to the next thing. Right. You know, okay, firearms is one of the things that they're censoring as well. That's okay. There's a million other places I can get my firearms fix and all. But that does, every time you take a segment of that out of the big ones, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the whatevers, it does further fragment the the society of that. Yeah, and but before you say, well, I don't look at firearms content, so that doesn't bother me. Well, the people that look at your content look at that content. So if they move on to something else, then you lose your viewership and your you know your audience. So that's where it becomes more of an issue for the the greater audience is the fact that, like you said. It's not just the fact that the content's going to go away, but those people also intake content. Well, it's interesting because we've never been in a better time to be creating content because the amount of streaming services out there, the amount of Instagrams, of social media, the YouTubes, there's so many ways if you are a content creator to get your content out there, but there's so few ways to attract a broad audience to your content. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of a double-edged sword. But the real reason I brought up this article is because on Half Wheel, the advertisement right beside it is timeless. The Nat Sherman this, cigar. This is how you're trying to do that segue? Oh, no. This, this was planned. Oh, okay. This, this was planned. But I, did, I didn't I did spring this totally on you. I did put it in the show notes that I now expect you. Last week, we were discussing the Avo controversy, and you tried to link the Avo and the Nat Sherman together. More specifically, and so this is the problem when you don't let me finish my point when it comes up, is because I don't actually remember what I said. I do remember drawing the correlation, but it was in response to something you said, and it basically, and, and so I'm not in the same headspace, so I don't know that I'll still be able to make that comparison just out of out of thin air, but... He's waffling, folks. You... This is where we need a producer to go back and pull the audio so I can hear it again. And uh, maybe we'll do that at the at the uh, at the break. We'll pull up the old audio and let me hear it. Well, now you can suspend this till the. I will allow you a one-time suspension of this topic till the second half of the show if you need to go back well, and review no, the I'd, tape. I'd rather just stumble over it now and get it past us. Well, you're doing a great job of that. The uh, the stumbling anyway. <laughs> no, you had mentioned that Avo may have done it on purpose. As a way to, I don't know if it was garner publicity or basically, you know, kind of crazy like a fox. Like, there may be some benefit to them in that. And, you know, the Nat Sherman thing was the idea that, you know, I don't think, I don't think that the card that they played necessarily was intending to diminish their brand. And I think 
the number of people who have probably already forgotten about that is more than the people who are holding on to the grudge. See, I doubt that because there's always going to be somebody like me blowing that bugle. Yeah, there is. But for every one of you, there's four people who've already forgotten about it. Right. Or who never stopped smoking Nat Sherman to begin with. Well, I don't think that Nat Sherman, I would love to see a ranking of cigars and see where Nat Sherman ranks. They got to be in the bottom, bottom half. Well, they weren't much above that to begin with. That's the other thing. So, you know, but just, the, the, the Avo thing, just to jump back on that for a second, I mean, I, I think the, I think this whole controversy with Davidoff and Avo is going to fizzle out very quickly for a couple of reasons. Number one, cigar consumers have a short memory. Number two, and Charlie over at Half Wheel, you know, commented on the article I talked about last week. You know, if the people who are responsible for bringing news like this to the mainstream are basically taking approach of, well, there's no story here. So whether they were paid for that stance or not still is, still is yet to be revealed. But I, I don't think, as much as I'd like to see it hurt Avo's brand, nothing against them, but I think that's a really underhanded way to do business. I don't think it's going to. I think it that story never hit the mainstream, so only a handful of really dedicated uh, cigar content consumers are ever found out about it to begin with, and I think it's going to fizzle out and go away, and, and it won't affect them. Well, I think less of Half Wheel now than I ever have. I mean, you know, for me, it's always been I, I held high, Half Wheel in high regard. But number one, not reporting it. Number two, when it was brought up, blaming it on Jeff like it's a personal, you know, they made it personal. Instead yeah. of saying this is a news article, they made it personal that this is Jeff at, they tried to villainize Corona Cigars, which right. to me is absurd because all he yeah. did, and all he did was say, if you bought them here and you feel like you were ripped off, bring me the receipt, let us give you your money back. Yeah. And, you know, and the other thing that I think really tainted my view of Half Wheel on that whole thing was the fact that Charlie said, it's not mainstream news. Yeah, you know why it's not mainstream news? Because you're the place where people go for their mainstream news. Right, you're cashing you're the, the responsible party for turning obscure cigar information into mainstream news. And if you turn your back on this, then it never will be. And I'm pretty sure that's by design. Sure. Okay. So let's talk about another. Let's talk about something else that's going on mainstream. So as we record this. Aficionado has been releasing their top 25 cigars of the year. And this is, like it or not, this is the gold standard of the cigar industry. Right. This is what everybody looks... When you talk about the end of the year, top 10, top 25, everyone looks to cigar aficionados. Yeah, they're, they are the, the leader in the industry. And do we want to get it out of the way first? Everyone knows they pay for their rankings. We, we don't have to overstate it. No, I'm not going to overstate it. You know, I do like that they did, a t that they actually, I think aficionado, so it was interesting. I was actually talking to a rep last night that said, well, aficionado doesn't just do it according to who made the most for advertisement. They also look at brands that may be floundering and try to put them on the list to give them a leg up. Yeah, like Padron, Cohiba, Rocky Patel, you know, Tatuaje, Fuente. Oliva, yeah, you know those unsung <laughs> those, those, heroes of the humidor. Hey, but okay, tell me, Illusione didn't need this. 
it is good for Elusione. I will give you that. And even H. Upman, you know, I've talked a lot this year about that H. Upman um, collaboration with A.J. Fernandez that I've really fallen in love with. H. Upman is an old school brand. They're very classic in the way they do their marketing and advertising. They're not hit. They're kind of like you were talking about at the top of the show. You know, they're not doing a whole lot new and different. Right. So this is going to be really good for them, I think, because a lot of people tend to forget about H. Upman, especially when their stuff is so similar to the rest of Altitus's portfolio. Um, so I do think this the, the uh, 175th anniversary Churchill made number 10 on the list. Yeah, and I have not, you know, of this list, it's funny because I always try to look at how many of them I've smoked. I've not smoked the series V Lancero. I've not smoked the anniversary temp, the tenth anniversary Epernay. No, but um, I want to. The Epernay by itself is a phenomenal cigar. Mm-hmm. I am glad to see. Never mind. That is a. I was going to say I am glad to see no uh, Cubans on this on the list this year, but number the, four. Number four. I didn't realize it was a Cuban Cahiba when I looked at it first. So, okay, I'm going to run. So just so we get all the listeners caught up to date, I'm going to run down this. So 10 is the H. Upman. Before you get too far, uh, as of the time of recording, only 10 through 2 have been released. Right. We won't have number 1 until next week, and I'm sure you'll have seen it by then, but we'll talk about it next week. Uh, number 9, the Tatuaje Nuevas, Nuevetitas Jabaro. Somebody can speak Spanish can pronounce that. Uh, the Fuente Fuente Opus X, again, Limited edition. Why is this on the list? Right. I will complain about that. Number seven, Illusione Epernay, well, 10th anniversary. And, and specifically, it's the Opus X Reserva de Chateau. It's not It's right. not just the main line. It's not the main, main line Opus, I don't think. Right. No, it's not. It is, you know, special edition um, retail price, $16.60. I bet you can't touch it for that anywhere you go. I bet that's a $20 cigar all day long. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, 1660 is MSRP. Yeah. Illusione Epernay, 10th anniversary, Diasto. Uh, the Oliva Series V Lancero. Now, these ain't been out long. Mm-mm. I don't know how. The Series V Melania or Series V Lancero must have just come out right under the line. Yeah, it must have. Although, like I said, I haven't gotten a hold of one of the Lanceros. It might be one of the few Lanceros I give a, a fair shot to this year. The Rocky Patel Age Limited and Rare Second Edition Toro. I that does nothing for me. Like there's no part of me that wants to pick that cigar up. I don't well, know what it is. It just I hate when people call, like the fine and rare, the aged and rare, and don't don't tell me to begin with that this is something that I should be willing to spend more money on it just because you've made it hard to get. But you you do admit that you're a sucker for marketing, and this is marketing. Yeah, but this is not the kind that I like. This so. is not the marketing that falls into. You know, here. it's a fourteen dollar Rocky Patel. Yeah, that's that's a that's a tough putt. A yeah. fourteen dollar for a Rocky is a tough putt for me. Yeah, and uh, Cohiba Robusto's number four Cuban. We're gonna skip that altogether. Number three is the Warp Siri Grand Reservo. Okay, talk about a company that could really benefit from being highly ranked on this list. Warped is a perfect example of giving a small guy a leg up. Yeah, Warp definitely falls in that definition. And then number two is a Padron Series 1926, number six. You are moving through these way too fast. I wanted to say more about the Warped. Oh. Um, $9. 
Not a bad price point. You know, to be number three of the year, to be a $9 cigar made by Aganorsa, that's... And it's a five and a quarter by 50, so it's a little better. Because that's my, my chief complaint with Warped is they're too small. Yeah. Well, it's a Robusto, so it's... It's even a little thin, I think, for a traditional Robusto, but either way. Yeah. And then the Padron 1926 number six. Here's what I think happens. Hey, fellas, we got to have a Padron on the list. Go in the humidor, put on a blindfold. The first Padron you grab, that's the one we're going to put on the list because they're all going to be good. Well, (laughs) and see, that's the thing. Nothing looks like a Padron. Nothing feels like a Padron. So even if they take the bands off and do it blind, you know when you're smoking a Padron. Right. And you and I disagree on the fact that I think the 26 is better than the 64. I can't tell enough difference in the two because they're both so good. They are both so good. But I, I don't think it's so much that, you know, they kind of, okay, we have to have a Padron on the list. I think, it's, I think the conversation is more likely to be. Guys, we can only have one. Because we, you, you and I use Padron as our benchmark for quality. Sure. Uh, you know, through and through. So, you know, if you and I were doing a blind taste test of everything in that humidor, I guarantee you we'd have three Padrones in our top ten. Oh, definitely. It would be, it would be hard to catch up. It'd be, and this kind of brings me to that part of this. You know, they talk about their process where they actually um, rebrand and re-smoke the cigars. So they take the label off the cigars for the guys judging it and have them just smoke the cigar on its own merits. I would like to do that sometime. Sometime what we need to do is we need to go in the humidor, and I'll pick a cigar I don't think you would enjoy and jerk the band off of it. And you pick one you don't think I would enjoy and jerk the band off of it, and let's smoke it and not tell the other until the end of the show. I think we've talked about doing something similar to that. Not a cigar that we think the other person wouldn't enjoy. I think we'll have to, off air, we'll have to kind of come up with some more parameters so that you're not just handing me a Baccarat. But uh, <laughs> I, I do like the idea of, you know, gifting each other blind cigars. I think we need to try that. I think we need to see what the, the blind taste test is going to be. Let's let's do that to jazz up the Stogie Awards next week. Yeah, we may we have to do that. Stogie Awards coming up. We may have to do that to, to really jazz it up to to kind of just test our palate, if right. you will. Now, does it have to come out of the humidor, or can it come out of my private stock? It can come out of your private stock, but okay. my parameters are going to be that it's not flavored well, and not obviously. sweet. Well, okay. So here's the difference. Um. Again, I stepped on what you already had picked out for me, oh, didn't no. I? This is the third week in a row that I'm going to have to bring up this High Clear Castle and all. Because I, I can't get past the, the pretentiousness feeling of it. So it's one of those things that without a label would probably be a gift to me to smoke that cigar without a label to see if I could see, if, see what it would be with zero bias. Yeah. Because I just can't bring... Well, one, I can't bring myself to pay that for it. Yeah. That's one of the big portions of it. And I just... It, it just... It, the cigar feels pretentious to me. How can a cigar feel pretentious? I, I think that's your own personal hang-up. I think you're projecting onto the cigar a little too much. Well, which brings me to my point. That's what makes these top 25 lists so hard, is how do you keep from projecting your opinion onto that cigar? And, I'll, and you know, over what, the one thing I wish they did outline is over what length of days do they do this? You know, do you have to smoke six a day or do you get to smoke two a day? Or, right. you know, 
Well, typically when you're tasting a cigar, you'll only smoke about an inch or two of it. I know that's what they do in their blending. I don't know if that's what they're doing for these types of tastings either. I also do find it interesting that, you know, supposedly they review the highest scoring cigars from the past year and they assemble kind of a new tasting only of those cigars. Why are they just now getting around to smoking the Padron Serie 26 number six? That is a good question. But anyway, so let's also let's talk about another top 25. Let's real take quick. a break first because we are running way long because I wasn't watching the clock. Oh, okay. So let's step away for a little bit, uh, take a cigar under eight, and then we'll come back with a little bit more after this. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. This week I get to talk about a cigar under 8 that's near and dear to my heart. JFR Lunatic. The whole line is right around that $8 range. Now, if you buy the Jack Hammer, the 6x80, you're going to be a little better than $8, but you're buying a lot of cigar there. Right. But the average Lunatic's going to be right in that $8 range. The wrapper's Ecuadorian. The filler and binder is Nicaraguan, and they are just amazing cigars. Cigar for the money, hard to beat. And they're in that medium to full range, so they they fit a lot of palettes. I've had one of these, and I really I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've smoked I've smoked better part of a box of these, and all because I enjoy that size. I enjoy the Jack Camera, the the six eight by sixty. And because if we're going to meet with the Brain Trust here and we're all going to be here for a couple of hours, that's a great cigar to last a couple of hours. Yeah. So until next week, try the JFR Lunatic. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane. Sitting across from the man who is selling a new T-shirt for Christmas. It has a cigar on it, and it says, Free Mustache Rides. <laughs> Trey Dedman. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask the backstory hey, on that. That, w- that would be, But that would be a great, subtle cigar T-shirt. And all. I think there's a lot of subtlety to Very that Very targeted joke. demographic. I, th- I think there's layers to that piece of comedy. I don't think that's just on the surface. Okay. But speaking of layers, I will tell you, I'm blown away. This Antonio, Connecticut is blowing me away. Really? I am really floored. I'm, I'm actually sitting here going through it, looking at the sizes, because unfortunately, I've got the biggest size, the 6x50. And uh, I would love to have it in a 660 and see what it tastes like yeah. there. But I do have the biggest size. For Cigar Under 8, this is packing a lot of flavor. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this cigar. I am blown away mm. by how much I'm enjoying this cigar. What about yours? Mine is everything I thought it would be. I mean, it's just, it's, it's your favorite hoodie on a rainy day. You know, it's just... Like I said, it's been, it was just one of those days where I just I wanted something familiar and I wanted something that I knew would deliver. And that's what and that's what it's doing for me. It's it's got such great complexity. That's what I love about the Romacraft stuff. You may disagree with me, but I don't find it to be one note chord. I find it to be very rich in a bunch of different flavors and I'm getting that out of it. Yeah, Even though I'm blowing out my palate with a, a strong coffee over here. Well, there there's always that. And I'll tell you what, the other day we were sitting here watching football and someone had brought in a box of chocolate-covered almonds mm. and I was smoking a DNA and pairing it with those chocolate-covered almonds and it was amazing. Dark, and, uh, dark chocolate? No, milk, milk chocolate almonds. Huh. I don't care for dark chocolate. That's because you're wrong. 
<laughs> that's, that's something else y'all discuss at the meeting while you're trying to ruin Christmas carols is how do we ruin chocolate? Cho- hey, everybody loves chocolate. Let's ruin it. Let's make it black and dark and taste like it's burnt. No, you make it taste like chocolate. The, the no, suck no the joy out of life like committee. The suck the joy out of life committee that you attend on Thursdays. You might, if you're going to eat milk chocolate, you might as well just lick a sugar cube. There's milk no chocolate. there's no chocolate flavor until you get into that rich 80% dark cocoa dark chocolate. Let me tell you something. I have been to the Dominican Republic where they pulled the chocolate off of the vines and straight into the factory and bought it right there at the factory and their milk chocolate was 10 times superior to their dark. Mm, in every I, way form or fashion. I would absolutely disagree with you on that. You know, much the way the so the other the Antonio Dark Corojo, I've smoked a couple of those and it's never been my favorite. But this Connecticut is this is what this cigar should have been. This huh. Connecticut, this is the milk chocolate of cigars. This is the way it should be done. And all it's in this high praise. in this mode and all. But anyway, let's go back to the the top twenty five cigars real quick. I don't let's not spend a lot more time on this because. It is so subjective. I it don't, is. You know, there's a reason you and I don't do a top 25 list. It's because my mood changes so often and your mood changes so often into what we what we would rank on a certain day is a, a 10, could be a 12 another day, could be a 2 on a day that's just one you really want. Yeah. And it takes a phenomenal cigar for you and I to agree that this is an outstanding smoke. Right. I think if we were, and I mean, the closest we get to making a list like this is the Stogie Awards every year. And I think both of us are going to have the same cigar of the year this year. Yeah. And it, and it's been, and there's been tough competition. There's going to be some really good honorable mentions. Yeah. And uh, so the number one cigar on Cigar Journal was the A.J. Fernandez Bellas Artes Maduro. I haven't had one of these yet. I actually have. I was surprised to see this. Um, I usually don't go for the real flashy stuff, the new releases. I tend to wait a little bit, you know, get second releases and things like that. I, so I typically don't smoke cigars that show up on these lists until after the lists come out. I have smoked this cigar, and it's it's absolutely worthy of that of I, of that. Uh, you know, it's absolutely a top ten cigar. I don't know that I would have put it number one, um, but seeing it at number one, I have absolutely no complaints. Well, it's an exciting recipe. You know, the wrapper's Brazilian, the binder is Mexican, and the fillers Nicaraguan. That's an exciting rep- recipe. You don't get that. Well, and I love. You know, we talk about tasting notes being even more wildly subjective subjective than just liking it or not. Um, but from the Cigar Journal article here, you know, it offers a scent of bread, spices, cocoa sweetness, nutty, woody, and leathery. Absolutely. That was exactly what I got out of it. It's so, it's like smoking an old leather and mahogany chair in the best possible way. That's a used one or a new one? Uh, depends on your per- particular proclivities, I believe. <laughs> okay, well, I was just curious. And I'll, um, you know, running down their list, I'm not going to run through all of them because a lot of them are cigars I don't know. Um, you know, this has been a good year for Rocky. Number nine is the Patel Taviscusa Toro. Tavacusa? Yeah, Tavacusa Toro, which I've had one. I wasn't overly impressed. But um, I do like Rocky as a company. Just they... They're kind of they're kind of another one of those companies that's not doing anything moving forward for me. Yeah, I I was surprised to see number five is the Vegas Del Purial. I I didn't realize. I mean, I've seen that brand 
advertised online. I've never seen one in a humidor. Um, I was surprised to see that uh, end up on this list. Yeah, I always feel like when I see Vegas and Five Vegas that that's just an internet sales only type cigar. I don't feel I've never seen one in a brick and mortar. Now Vegas Imperial is different from Five Vegas, just okay. to be very clear. But um, and maybe that's why I get that cigar. But I, I've never seen that cigar uh, in a brick and mortar. You know, and a cigar that's on this list that I haven't had yet is the La Aurora 115th Anniversary Robusto. I haven't either, but I want to get my hands on it so bad I can't stand it. Yeah, I think that's what's... And I I think that the Africa's kind of gave me a new light on La Aurora product. Uh, The Encore Majestic's on there, which is an excellent smoke. Excellent cigar. The uh, number seven, you're not saying which number these cigars are. you just running from the bottom up or... No, I'm just kind of jumping around. Number seven was the San Latano Dominican Toro. I have seen this cigar, and I actually almost bought one the other day. And now that I see that it's this highly rated, I'm kicking myself that I didn't pick it up. Uh, I don't remember where I saw it either. That's the hard part. But I'm definitely going to make sure I get my hands on one of these now. Um, Brazilian wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and filler from AJ Fernandez. I'm all over that. You know, and it's it's interesting how many of these cigars, you know, how few boutique brand cigars get in there. Because when you talk about Brazilian wrapper, I'm always going to be talking about the um, the Matafina wrapper and the McAuliffe, because that's one of my favorite cigars. That's that to me is the the Brazilian wrapper of choice. Yeah, and also and so these lists, they it is harder for them to get past the boutique thing. Right. Okay, let's step um, away from the top twenty fives. After I mentioned the fact that the Liga Pravada number nine got number six, I am really surprised to see a cigar that old. Um, although this is specifically stating the Corona Viva, which came out last year, um, I, I guess they they count individual sizes as new releases as being so, even though it's the same blend. Yeah, I think they do. I think they, you know, just to keep it on the list. Yeah, let's t- let's talk about. A quick accessory. And all uh, the Calibri Quasar you, Table Light. Have you ordered yours yet? You've got all the other Quasar stuff. I don't think I want one. Okay. Well, my Quasar Cutter I love, but the thing's heavy enough to kill an elk. Right. I mean, you could you could brain an elk out of a deer stand with that thing. I Let me just say that I am surprised that it has taken them this long to release the Table Lighter. The... The Quasar Humidor, which started this whole thing and retailed for like sixteen hundred bucks, I think twelve hundred and fifty. Okay, um, came out in two thousand and thirteen, I think. Uh, two thousand fourteen, close. Okay, I knew it was right when I started working for them. I couldn't remember exactly what year it was. You know, I feel like the table, if you're going with Humidor first, I feel like Table Lighter would be the next logical jump. I'm surprised it has taken them this long to get around to it. I think this is a byproduct of the success of the table cutter. Yeah. And uh, because that table cutter has become kind of an industry standard. You know, you see those as the house cutter in a lot of shops because, again, it takes two men and a mule to get it out to your truck. So you don't see you don't get stolen quite as often. People do smack it like they're, you know, running the showcase showdown, but it it is a good cutter, and I think that you see some of that coming back. Yeah, you know, I do like it's got, you know, the inline triple jet. If you are going to do a triple jet, I think inline is the way to go. Um, 
and and the big old ignition button. I actually really like that. I, I hate when people release a new table lighter and then put just a normal size trigger mechanism on it. Because the whole idea with the table lighter is that it's a little bit bigger. It fits in your hand a little bit differently. So don't give me something so small to aim for. This, I mean, that's a half of one of the sides. So whatever one twelfth works into, you know, percentage wise, it's a, that's a big section of lighter that's used to light the thing. I like that. So I did have to stop real quick and jump over. Okay. So I need to, I have a friend. He doesn't listen to the show regularly. Believe it or not, I have a friend. And he wants a punch. I wonder more and more every week we do this. <laughs> he wants a punch for Christmas. He want, What is the Cadillac of the punch industry? If you were going, if someone said to you, Trey, buy me a punch, what would you recommend? Because I'm looking at the Quasar punch. Nope, that's not the one. It is the... I have Amazon Prime ready. It is the Zycar... But it, I can't find. Well, you got to give me a little bit more, and I'll pull up the exact. Anyway, Zycar makes one. It's a twist barrel, and I want to say it's 11 millimeters. Yeah, there it is. It's the 011 twist punch. Is the okay. best punch on the market has been for years. It's 11 mil across, so it's big. So at forty six seventy four a pop, they ought to be good. Yeah, they are. You you cannot beat. Now Calibri makes one that is ten mil, so it's negligible the difference in size of the punch. Sure. But theirs is made out of anodized aluminum, and so it's a little more lightweight, and it doesn't hold up to the, taking the same beating from being in your pocket with your keys because they're on a keyring. Uh, that Zycar punch is just as good as it gets. So it is almost Christmas. As you hear this, you'll be, like, if you haven't bought your Christmas gifts yet, you won't be buying them off Amazon. So what is the cigar Christmas gift? What do you get the cigar smoker in your life? I I feel like we talk about this every year. Not cigars. No, don't get them cigars. Stay away. Well, now, with the exception, um, I do have another friend. I have two friends. And his fiance has asked me to help pick him out a selection of cigars. And luckily, she is, you know, she's receiving the experience of a competent professional that knows what he likes to smoke. So you had her call Austin? <laughs> uh, so I, I happen to know what, you know, what he's bummed out of my moochador the most, so I know which ones he needs. Right. Well, and the other thing is, is too, like, the Cohiba Spectre is the first one that comes to mind. It's a $100 cigar. I don't know very many people that would spend that much money on one cigar for themselves. If it's something super rare and super exclusive along those lines, I think you stand a better chance rather than buying a box of just something off the shelf. Well, so this article comes from Rob Report, and they're doing the 15 best cigars for cigar smokers. Um, they're obviously, you know, getting a little money from Davidoff because the first two lists are Davidoff cigars. And I'm like you. I don't believe you ever buy a cigar smoker cigars for Christmas. The first one is Davidoff. H. Upman is Altitis. Oh, okay. Anyway, Davidoff, you're the right. Yeah, you're right. I was. They have two pitchers of the year of the right. right. They bought two pitchers. 
Um, but if you move down, the first accessory they get to is the ST DuPont DNA lighter. Now, the DNA, that is, what's that, about a $400 lighter? I think so. I wish I wish they had that on the, uh, on the article. That would be really nice information to have. That would be. That would be very handy. Then they talk about the Quasar lighter, which is not a, but that's not a bad idea. Though, again, when you get such a large accessory, you know, you're not getting something, you know, if somebody gets me a Zycar cutter, a teardrop, classic teardrop cutter, the $35 to $50 model, that's great because if I don't like it particularly, I can slide it in my golf bag where it'll always be used. I always keep an extra cutter in there. The next... Did you, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I think you and I were underestimating that. Did you read the, the description on the ST DuPont DNA lighter? No, I did not. The, the question, is this lighter yours, takes on a whole new meaning with this ST DuPont oh. L2 double flame lighter, <laughs> which features a lacquered case imprinted with the owner's DNA. All it takes is a strand of hair or that of a loved one or a cherished pet. Even the ashes of a deceased relative can be used to create what may be the most personalized lighter in the world. Okay, first and foremost, um, make me believe that this is not, that they actually don't throw away the piece of hair. <laughs> yeah, make I don't know be- how you would fact check them on this. Yeah, hey, um, you know, our, our grandfather passed this year, brother, so. I had a couple of slices of his hair, and I had a sliders made up. Does that not sound creepy? Not only that, but it's available in 24-karat gold or palladium. So even just materials alone, you're looking at a $1,000 lighter. That's not counting the uh, you know, the extra DNAification that they have to do to it. Yeah, so the I'm, I'm looking now to see if the ST DuPont DNA lighter, if there's a price anywhere on the internet, internet for this. But no, I did not see that part of the article. And I'll, um, it's a pretty lighter. It is a pretty lighter, for sure. Uh, oh, okay. The lighter um, in the Gemstow Helical Base Kit, so it has a base that it sets on. And I'll, for a mere 39,000 pounds. So that's what? The DNA? Yeah. 39,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, in Cigar Lovers Magazine, if you go to CigarLovers.com, to Cigar Lovers Magazine, the so they have it available where they not only make the lighter, but they do make a gemstone out of the DNA, and it's on a stand. So it's 39,000 pounds. That's what, $50,000? Yeah. Right around that line? Yeah. I, I got to think if, if my conversion is correct. And also, okay, hey, Rob Report, fellas, I, I just don't have a $30,000 budget for anybody in my life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who does. So the other, the next one they mentioned is the ST DuPont Complication V2 Lighter. Which, this thing is gorgeous. I really love, I mean, that, that really tickles the, the steampunk fan in me. Is it worth the $54,450? No. No, it is not. Okay, so now the now here comes the other ST DuPont product they have on this. Who's getting these people gifts, and how do I get to become their friend? I know. Well, I see that on Amazon all the time, and it's like, oh, gift guide for the man in your life, and it's like a $2,000 kayak, and it's like, what? Who's spending that much money on gifts? <laughs> Who's budget? You know, okay. For one person. ST DuPont Hydro Lighter. 
Now, this one is a conversation piece. This is, you know, it's forged to look kind of like a Jules Verne piece. It is, yeah. If you go to the Derive Report and you, re- and you read the article, and it's very interesting, what would you pay? What do you have? I have actually looked up the hydro lighter. What would you think the cost of the hydro lighter is from ST DuPont? Oh, gosh. I, I'm... Boy, that's that's hard to tell... Especially knowing that, especially knowing that the other ones were so expensive, is that a seventy-five thousand dollar lighter? Excellent guess, seventy thousand eight hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah, that's way too much to be spending on a so, lighter. But you know, most places are running twenty percent off at oh, the, the holidays, right, yeah, yeah. so you, so so you might get it at a bargain. Yeah. You might get it in that fifty-five thousand dollar range if you happen to want to stroke that check, and you know. If somebody rescued my child from a raging river, I don't think that that's in the... <laughs> I just don't think that's in the budget. So no. let's talk about some stuff that's under, you know, under that $60, $70 mark. You know, my, my, obvious, um, my obvious choice is the gift I gave to you. Yeah. And I, and I ordered four of these because I gave them as gifts to some other people too. The Baravis Cigar Pick. That thing has really come in handy for me. I've actually got to go pick mine up after we leave this show uh, because I was because I, I left it somewhere at the end of last week. Um, but that thing is uh, is phenomenal. So at a fifteen sixteen dollar price point, and all it has a nu- a nubber on it as well as has a draw poker in it. It's shaped like an ink pen. And uh, we were going to post a picture of it last week, and we never got around to it. We'll post a picture on Facebook this week. But that is the great. That is a great cigar gift because it's very subtle. Um, it's something that you need, and when you need it, it's great to just keep in the locker. You know, yeah. the people I gave it to, I told them, I said, stick it in your locker, and next time you get a cigar that's not drawing, because it's actually pronged and removes a little material. I used it yeah. on a brick house the other day. I had a brick house that had a tight draw. Yeah, well, we uh, we sat down for our second cigar after the show last week, and I was able to use it pretty quickly. Yeah, I didn't expect to have a need for it quite so soon after being given it. And uh, it's amazing the amount of tobacco that it pulls out and actually frees up and loosens it. The thing I love about it is it has a, a little clip on it like an ink pen. And so I just wear it on my shirt right, right next to my ink pen. Right. I can stick it in my pocket. I don't have to worry about bending it. I don't have to worry about stabbing myself right. in the femoral artery. I don't have any of those concerns with this particular pick. This is a to great do- gift. Yeah. And I'll, it is available on Amazon.com if you want to if you want to search Baravis Cigar Pick, and it is Prime, so you can still get it if you need to in before time Christmas. for Christmas. Maybe not if you're hearing this when it goes out, but either yeah, way. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, so lighter wise, if you're buying somebody a lighter, what are you buying them? Uh, Calibre Julius. I think that was my same answer last year, but it's still my favorite lighter on the market. It's the one I use every single day. It works in all situations. So what is the best under $30 lighter? If somebody's going to buy somebody a cheap lighter. Well, see, that w- that's kind of my thing, though, is, you know, if you're going to give someone a lighter as a gift, I think that's the opportunity to go Zycar or Calibri. Because most, I mean, you definitely have guys that are spending that much money on themselves. But if you and I were just left to our own devices, we would probably buy Black Label or Vertigo lighters just to kind of get by. 
because it's the same quality lighter for a little bit less expensive. Um, I think Vertigo Vertigo's lighters tend not to be super attractive to me, right? But they will absolutely fire every time you strike them. Well, don't don't dismiss when you're looking at lighters. Take a minute and kind of think about how much fluid that lighter holds. Yeah. Because, you know, right now I'm using a lighter that was the freebie from the um, the Cigar Bash. And, I, and I'm fixing to switch it back out and go back to my Julius because the tank on this thing is just too small. Well, Every couple of weeks I'm having to refill it. But that's also my complaint against triple jets. That's why I'm not a triple jet fan is because unless you have a, a tank that is, say, a table lighter, you're never going to be able to put enough fluid in it to to make it convenient without having to relight it all the time because they're just thirsty. Now, I will tell you, if you want to get out on the cheap and you want to get them something that they'll love, you can go buy a Zippo lighter and you can get on Amazon for $11, you can buy a butane insert to go in it's that true. Zippo lighter. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's an excellent gift for the cigar smoker, especially if you want to get him something. You know, Zippos, you can get them monogrammed and everything like well, that. And they've been around so long that any whatever they're into, someone makes a Zippo. Yeah, you can recognize a Zippo very easily. So mm. I do think that's always a, a good standby gift. If you need to just grab a Zippo and drop a... Don't use the Zippo insert because it's not suitable it's, to yeah. light cigars. You know, go ahead and order the Firebird... Um, insert on Amazon. It's like 11, 12 bucks. I've done it with yeah. three or four different Zippos that I keep in a golf bag or something like that. Um, for cutters, always just just buy the Zycar teardrop. You can buy them from $30 to $300. You can buy them with anything. They're just like the Zippo. Whatever your person's intru- into, I bet Zycar makes a lighter uh, cutter that has that. The only exception I would say to that is if it's somebody like yourself who spends most of their time smoking at their home, kind of on their back porch, the Calibri SV Cut. Calibri SV Cut's It's good. what, about $89? Yeah, I about think. 89 bucks. Yeah. So it's a little bit pricier in the in the grand scheme of things but as a combination kind of table cutter it's hard to beat it it's yeah it's too heavy to cut carry in your day-to-day kit and all but it works perfectly for that for if it's somebody that just has a kit that they keep at their house so that kind of wraps up the the gifts we're not going to spend a lot of time pounding our way on gifts and all so rate your cigar for me uh five and a half Five and a half. That's that's about where I would put most Roma craft. About a five and a half. And I'll, this is the surprising six and a quarter. Wow. I'm going to go six and a quarter on this. This has really surprised me. This is the cigar. This is what I love when it happens is the cigar surprises me because it's so much better than I thought it would be. Yeah. And uh, we'll tell them how to get hold of us, Trey. All right. Well, we are on Facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast. You can also get a hold of us Instagram and Twitter at The Cigar Cast. And info at TheCigarCast.com is our email. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening this week. And until next week, have a Merry Christmas and a great cigar and think well of us.